Hey, everybody. This is Wes Carey. Welcome back to the Kingsguard podcast. And uh, thank you guys for, again for joining us uh, this month for this episode. As you all know, we just recently had our second annual Kingsguard conference. And that's really what this what this episode is going to be all about. I'm, as you can see, I, I don't have Cole with me uh, this this month. Uh, but I do have three very special guests. One you've seen before. Um, I've got Pastor John Chancy here uh, from the Leighton Chapel Baptist Church, and which hosted the Kingsguard Conference, um, as they did last year as well. Um, but I've also got two very special guests as well. I've got uh, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Matt Gobble here, uh, who took a lead role in and in a very important role there at the Kingsguard Conference. And then one of the guys that got in on this on the ground floor helped us develop a lot of the curriculum for the Kingsguard uh, Kelly Burns. So, gentlemen, thank you uh, for joining us this morning. Um, it's it's about 7 a.m. this morning. So when this airs, it'll be like 7 p.m. Central Time uh, next week on Tuesday. So, but thank you guys very much for joining us and uh, being a part of this episode. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to get I want to get rolling. Um, so just out of transparency, you. And, and for our followers and our, our listeners and our audience, you guys know how we roll. We, we do several takes because, well, I'm me. We, we mess up a lot. But um, this is kind of like a take two. We had a very good discussion um, going on uh, when we first started trying to record this. And uh, all of my equipment just gave up. Um, and then this morning, I mean, everything that could go wrong went wrong. Uh, Murphy's Law came in full effect this morning. But... Uh, I finally got these gentlemen up here, um, and uh, we're, we're going to have a good discussion regarding the Kingsguard Conference and what they got out of it. And if you missed this year's conference, you you missed a treat. It was a great experience. It was a great time to get together and uh, just to get away from the world and and get together with the men who who get it, men who 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 desire to be better husbands, be better fathers, and do it for the honor and glory of God. So. Um, gentlemen, just, we'll start with John and then just work our way around. Um, let's start with John. Let's start with you. Give me just, just your thoughts. What's your, what was your favorite part of the conference this year? My favorite part this year. Um, well, besides the fact that we involved more people than we had last year, um, more people from our church helping we did a lot more. We were way more ambitious this year, which I think made for a better conference. We had more activities mm -hmm. going on, had a lot, a lot of men involved, uh, men that had responsibilities and running different things. So it was exciting to me <clears throat> uh, to see that much involvement from the men in our church. Um, on top of that, they didn't really give me much to do. So I didn't I didn't have a lot of jobs. Uh, the men in the church were running everything. Uh, but the other was to, to see uh, some some men from other churches. We had a couple other churches represented. Uh, last year was much more, pretty much for the men in our church. We were just getting the King's Guard kicked off. Yeah. Uh, and this year we we tried to uh, broadcast a little better and invite others. And so hoping that'll be a sign of growth to come, and, and we can reach more churches that way. But but that was exciting to me. Awesome, Matt. What about you? Well, um, obviously, uh, besides the food, um, which, which is always good, 
the the activities. Uh, you know, I, I headed up the activities, but just being out there and watching the kids, uh, interacting with their fathers, uh, the kids going out there and being competitive, uh, learning new things. A lot of the kids had never shot uh, wrist rockets before, slingshots. So it was it was a good experience to watch them and also help them. Um, I think that the activities, even though we got rained out uh, on some of them, uh, really kind of, you know, um, kept the spirits high, um, got everyone interacted, got them up, got them moving around. So that, that was probably my favorite part. Yeah. And Kelly, what about you? Um, mine was actually our speaker. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed all the activities and the food at, uh, you know, Leighton Chapel is always, you know, top notch uh, because of Bill, but uh, just uh, Brother Carl and the way he delivered the message, the way he kind of had his four sessions or whatever. I mean, it's good to sit there and um, be able to evaluate how your current performance is um, as far as, you know, being a husband, being a father, having your right priorities in line and then tying them all together, you know, and, and then understanding that, you know, if you, if you can keep, get and keep your relationship with the Lord, right. Um, those other relationships, and I've seen it already in my life. I mean, not just since the conference, but, you know, this is something I've been working with, with uh, brother John for, for a while is, is it will, it, it will allow those other relationships to, to flourish into what God intends them to be. Yeah. So one for those that that haven't noticed yet, Kelly's wearing one of the the conference T-shirts, right? And might I say those things are that's like it's like wearing a cloud. Yeah, right? it's top notch. I got to be honest with you, right? Nice. Like that's if we don't have those again next year, I'm going to be pretty upset. No, I'm just joking, but you know it's, they're, they're very comfortable T-shirts, right? So, um, so. Granted, that was one of my favorite parts, right? Um, but uh, so there was a lot, like John, you, you talked about it, it was a little bit more ambitious this year in terms of a lot more activities and so on and so forth. And so one, it, we kicked it off with like the way that we always do, the same way that we did last year with the, with the, with the giant meal. And uh, Bill Panoff just, again, knocked it out of the park, right? I mean, it was a great meal. And uh, so one thing you will not do while when you come to the Kingsguard conference is you will not starve. Right. You will not go hungry. So um, I think John might be frozen right now. So let me get uh, some of your experiences on some of this. Uh, so, Kelly, you mentioned the you mentioned the speaker, Dr. Herbster. And uh, so I know your son was there um, and, and he was he, he took part in that and, and so on and so forth. What was and not only did was, was did you get to sit in on the preaching, but you, you were sitting at his table. So what was your experience of the man uh, himself? Well, I mean, just genuine guy, um, yeah. you know, and and his story is is one that, you know, and and you know, first generation Christian, you know, and he, he went and he had a brother that reached out to him, went to a couple churches. And then one day he decided that, you know, he is going to change the legacy of his, his family. And he's going to yeah. do that through loving and serving the Lord above, above all else. 
um, you know, that's what's going to that's what's going to uh, promulgate his family's legacy for the for the future, as long as he's got something to do with it. And, you know, I like you, Wes. I mean, I'm well, fourth. I think I, I'm I know I'm at least a fourth generation Christian, but, you know, my family was an Episcopalian um, for three generations before me. Um, so, you know, understanding that, you know, God doesn't care. Cause like you said, you, you're, you're, you're not hanging on their coattails. Right. But you being exposed to it should have had a little bit of a, an advantage to some degree in, in understanding, you know, uh, a little bit about, you know, service to the Lord, attending church, this, that, and the other. And I did, I mean, my, my mom took me whenever I went to go live with her. Um, but you know, you can, you can literally start from having no clue and look at what the Lord's done for him and his family. You know, he's got sons, uh, grandsons uh, in, in ministry and serving the Lord and living their, living their lives to the best of their ability, you know, with the mercy and grace of the Lord. And that's what I want for my son, especially in this world that we're, we're living in right now. Um, these kids have to be strong, uh, probably stronger than, me and you and, and Matt with what they're going to be faced with over the next probably 20 to 30 years. Yeah. So Matt, what, what about you? Cause I know that you, you, you had a, you had a much larger role than you like to probably admit uh, in a lot of cases. Um, so what was it about, I mean, you got to, you were, you were in and out, but you still got to sit in and listen to Dr. Herbster and, and, and you heard his story um, and, and got, got a dose of those messages. What was, what was your big takeaway from, from the, the whole, from all four sessions that he did? So in, in regards to Mr. Herbster, um, like, like Kelly said, he's, he's very genuine. I mean, what you see is what you get. Um, he's not a, he's not a product of his environment, you know, like, like Kelly said, and like, you know, uh, Mr. Herbster said, you know, he didn't come from, you know, that big Christian background, you know, and, and he could have, he could have, you know, gone his way and, and, uh, but, but he, he didn't, he, he decided that, you know, and I, I'm going to follow the Lord, but not only am I going to follow the Lord, I'm going to make sure that my kids and my, and, and my kids' kids are continuing on with this because, you know, <clears throat> kids are so influential now. I mean, you know, you see them on social media and they're on social media because they want to see what everyone else is doing and they want to do those things. We've got all these challenges out there, water bucket challenge, uh, ghost driving challenge, whatever it may be. But they're influential. But who do we have in their lives that's actually being influential to them and really relate and really relating to them on a one on one capacity? Uh, and and building that Bible legacy. So that's that's what I took away. And. Yeah. In our in our group session, we we broke down uh, at at a certain point, and we had a uh, we had a topic, uh, and and our table was on marriage, and that was probably one of the best discussions that I have ever uh, experienced in in one of our conferences. And I understand this is only our second conference, but being only our second conference for us to make that leap and have these controversial topics at these tables, you know. Uh, we had newlyweds at the table. We had people who'd been married for a while. We had some people who didn't have any kids. We had some people who had like, you know, five kids. And it was just a really great topic. And and Mr. Herbster has the ability to kind of break it down Barney style for you. 
yeah. biblically speaking, relationship-wise, I mean, everything, so that you can see how it relates to you and how it is important uh, to you and, and, and why it is such a big thing. And that's, that's, that's yeah. what I really took away from all his sessions was just the fact that it was, it was a clear and concise message. And everything he said seemed like, at least for me, seemed like it related to me. Okay. So Kelly, you have, you and I have, well, I say you, I, and John really had, have the, the unique experience to know where this all started and then looking at where it ended up. Right. Cause you were there on the ground floor. You were part of that, that, that group of men that, that kind of started this and started developing the program and started putting all of the curriculum together. Just looking back at where we began to where we are now and seeing the conference. I mean, I, the round table that we had Sunday night afterwards, we had 31 men at that round table, right? Mm-hmm. What does that what 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 does that say to you as one of the guys that was on the ground floor? And did you have any idea like because I mean, thinking about, you know, we, we the podcast presence that we have, the the all of the virtual classes that we do. Um, and then the fact that we've got the the startup on the on on Fort Bragg uh, with the Kingsguard Ministry there, you know, looking at where we started, what does that say to you as far as the potential of the ministry, where the ministry is coming from, and and how this and what the effect of this ministry is? Well, yeah, it's, you know, we've had amazing growth um, over the last year. And, uh, and, you know, in the beginning, I wasn't sure. Okay, so biblically speaking, you know, the Lord won't leave a need out there very long. I'll say so. Obviously, the Lord um, saw this need and, um, you know, he and you you had this need. I mean, we all had this need if we want to be be uh, honest about it. But, you know, you're the one that kind of took the lead on with brother John and, and kind of said, Hey, look, you know, we're all failing at, 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 you know, doing the best we can here, getting, being biblical fathers, biblical husbands, uh, raising our kids. Right. And, you know, you're like, we're, we're failing to, to train them and raise them up. And, you know, it's 100% true. Could, could not agree more, but I think that, you know, so, seeing where we began, not knowing, you know, how big it's going to get and how many people are going to be be willing to admit that. But you see our growth, you see the startup on Fort Bragg, you see all this other stuff. That tells me that there's a lot of men out there with a hunger that they, they, you know what you know, and you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, you sit out there and, you know, I go to restaurants and stuff like that. Men sitting there on their phones, not engaging with their kids, not engaging uh, with their wives, really. And then your relationship starts to deteriorate and you, you're sitting there and you're wondering why, you know, <clears throat> and it ties back to living your biblical principles, taking the head of the house, opening up those avenues of communication, looking inward first to see in what, you know, you can do. And that's what we we offer. That's what the King Guard offers. And it offers a brotherhood also, you know, that, that's the one thing that I um, uh, at our, our round table. Uh, after the conference, you know, we sat down in our small groups and I'm not trying to get off point here, but sat down in our small groups and Wes, you were with me. And, you know, it's an opportunity for men to open up because the Bible is very clear that there's certain burdens that 
that as a man and as a father and a husband, I don't take back and I lay on my wife. Right. But the King's guard gives you that, gives you that outlet. You know, I laid a lot on Wes. He, you know, he, he, uh, you know, and he, he encouraged me that he had already been through some of the stuff that I was, I was going through at that round table. And I think that is, I don't want to say the secret sauce, but that is such an important element of the King's guard yep. of giving you biblical men that you can be around with, that you can, you can share some of those burdens with that. You know, you just, you, you don't want to put on your wife, some of your, some of your inner concerns and uh, get the, get the biblical guidance that you're looking for. Yeah. yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're looking, they're looking for answers. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're looking for answers. They're looking for answers yeah. on how to be better husbands, how to be better fathers, how, how to, you know, deal with those burdens that they have. I, I think you hit the nail on the head and that's exactly what the King's guard has. Yeah. I, I always think, it, by the way, I, I agree with everything that's been said the last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I, the, the internet in the office just blipped out completely so uh anyway sorry about that um but I, you know the old joke is that men when you're on a trip a road trip and you get lost you won't stop and ask for directions yeah well that's that's stereotypical for a reason i understand that uh but it's very common but it just reveals something about the tendency of men and if men won't stop and get help to try to find, you know, the the vacation spot they're going to. How much less likely are they to ask for help about things like marriage and raising your children and being a godly man? And so I think yeah. that that part of it we've we've tried to attack like head on, uh, create yeah. a space for that. Yeah. So John, you you you've got you've been on the podcast before, and I think I've asked you this question. Um, but I think it just kind of, it's the answer can just hit different when you're when you're on the show with two of your men here mm. who can verify everything that you're saying, right? So as a pastor, um, so we're just talking about where we started to where we are now with the King's Guard and 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 seeing all of that growth just from what were what we witnessed at the at the conference as a as a pastor what has this program really done for you and your church and your men the first thing uh, i think that it's done is kind of like what i just said just show men that it's okay not to know everything and we're yeah. here to help one another yeah uh, once you get that barrier broken down and men realize, hey, my brothers here at the church, I can tell, I can be honest with them when I just have totally blown it, and I had the most horrible week, and I, I you know, offended my wife, and I insulted, uh, you know, my of my kids, I uh, enraged my kids, or lost my temper, or whatever like that, or, or I made a big mistake, and just knowing that this is not the place for judgment, this is the place for healing and wisdom and encouragement and we will you know we'll uh we'll help you get back on the right path that is massive uh it changes the culture the dynamic of the church uh, yeah. one of the things what well wes you would know from when you were here but being in a small group with three members of my church was a big stretch for me 
because I'm supposed to be the pastor. Like how, how much, how much weakness do I display here? How much, uh, how much vulnerability do I show? But now, you know, I'm in Matt's in my small group now and I don't really even think about it. We just, we talk about it. We we're honest and, um, I don't expect judgment from Matt and he knows he doesn't have any judgment from me when, when we share, we encourage one another and uh, share truth, pray. And it has really changed the, the relational dynamic, I think, between the men and, and the church. And it's made for a very unique atmosphere. I've never been in a church that has an atmosphere like this. I'm sure there are, but um, I've never been in one. So yeah, they're very blessed. I think we talked about that Sunday night, you know, the, the abnormality that is your church right now because and i really think it's 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 the men have really the the men have have come alive in ways that they haven't before you know? so just just to add on to what john said what, what what how would you guys say that this this program of the king's guard has affected one the church but let, but we'll also talk about your families as well like add like because for you guys it's it's the dynamic of the family too not that it isn't for john but it affects the church but it, it start it really starts with the family right so so they've heard john talk they've heard john say that before what got what can you two add to to what he just said kelly you want to well, go first sure i'll i'll, I'll go first <clears throat> So, um, for the church, you know, it, it's just opened up, opened up a brotherhood of men that can sit and like, whenever I, whenever I open up to Matt or to Wes or somebody at my round table, you know, I don't have to worry about them gossiping about what, what I've, what I've done. You know, that's not, that's not an issue. It's never been an issue. And with our biblical belief in church, you know, as far as gossip stuff like that, it won't be an issue because they know that that, that's the security um that we have in in one another is that we're going to provide strength and encouragement you know i'll get text messages from some of my brothers throughout the week of you know once i open up just encouraging me uh with with messages out of the bible and whatnot to stay strong but you know i've been uh you know i've been at a struggle point with uh my wife for about a year um and i have a bad habit of trying to trying to you know entice my kid to rage sometimes whenever he makes me mad and, and getting anger and i can tell you that you know just the last uh you know few months um and it doesn't happen there, there's not a magic pill but over the over the last few months being focused on praying with my wife um you know biblical reading with my son and the encouragement that I get from the King's Guard from my small groups, uh, small group members, um, you know, really have improved everything. It's improved everything. You know, my wife knows, um, knows obviously I love her and knows I want to serve her. My son, he understands why as a father I'm uh, so rigid on some of the things, um, you know, and he knows that I, that, he knows that I come at it from a point of love and caring and wanting what's best for him, at least as, as you know, my fallen self can see it um, with what the Bible says and, and this, that and the other. So I'll tell you, for my family, um, you know, we're Bible, we're Bible reading more uh, together. You know, we're praying more together. And then I am taking 
as Brother Carl suggested, I'm taking that special time at night just to pray with my wife and for my wife. And then, you know, um, so I, th I think it's, I think it's, you know, God is working, working in ways to strengthen my family that I couldn't even imagine. You know, I think, um, and I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to keep this short and sweet because we're, we're talking about something that's very near and dear to me, given, given the dramatic impact that the King's guard had on my life and, and, and the men of our church had on my life. Um, so I'll, in terms of my, in terms of my marriage, I'll start there. Um, I had no idea how to be married before the King's guard. I had no idea what it meant to be uh, faithful. I had no idea what it meant to be loving and caring. Uh, but most of all, I had no idea what it meant to be a spiritual leader. Um, I went to church because my wife went to church. <clears throat> but that's just that that wasn't uh, that wasn't enough reason. That wasn't the right reason. Um, you know, being with the King's Guard and and having the discussions that we've had and being in that state of vulnerability where you have you have that that chance to admit things that you're failing at, which as men, we don't like to do. Um, but knowing that you're not going to have judgment passed on you, but more importantly, knowing that everyone sitting at that table at one point in time has encountered the same thing really was motivational. And then to top it off, you know, we did accountability sessions, you know, we contacted each other. Hey, how are you doing with this? You know, have you had any slip ups? Um, are you are you, you know, in your Bible more this week? You know, and that was just coming from a military background, that accountability aspect, that check on learning. Um, that was real big for me in terms of being a father. You know, um, now, whenever my kids, you know, misbehave. I come at it from a spiritual aspect, you know, it's no longer, you know, hey, you, you know, you messed up, start doing some push-ups, go out in the backyard, start doing some lunges, you know, uh, you're grounded or even, you know, just, um, you know, spanking them. Now it's, you know, how would God view this? You know, if God was to see you right now, what do you think that he would say? Um I've got three kids. I've got a nine-year-old girl and a seven-year-old boy and then a three-year-old boy. But my two oldest constantly fight back and forth. Um, and now I, in, in, in a way to correct them, we quote Bible scriptures to them about how you're supposed to, to honor and love your neighbor. And, and we relate it to them like, hey, this isn't your brother. This isn't your sister. This is your neighbor. This is... You know, this is your best friend. This is your brother because, you know, both of them are saved. This is your brother. This is your sister in Christ. You know, you need to be treating them with a certain amount of, of, of respect. You know, you need to love them the way that God says that you should love them um, instead of just banging my head against the wall trying to figure out, you know, what am I doing wrong as a parent that my kids are constantly, you know, arguing and bickering back and forth. Um, but in, in my life, as just an individual, the King's Guard had a dramatic transformation. Um, and uh, I was, I was, I was lost. I was completely in the dark 
every day I woke up and, and, you know, I contemplated, you know, what's going to happen today? You know, where, where, where am I going to be today? I hated when people would have discussions, you know, Hey, you know, Christ, Christ is coming back. He's going to come back. And they start talking about all these different things that they see in the Bible, you know, um, and I avoided the conversation because I didn't want to admit that, you know, if I was to die right now, I would have no idea where I was going. And that's how I used to think. I, I, I'm not ready for this. You know, I don't want to talk about it. And now if anyone was to ask me, you know, hey, if you was to die right now, you know, what would happen? I tell them flat out with the utmost certainty and confidence. Be like, I'm going to heaven. I know it. I'm, I'm going to heaven. You know, God and I may have a little talk when I get there, you know, but, <laughs> but I'm going I'm going to heaven now, you know, and I, I, I can say that. And and I'm, I'm still not perfect. But you know what? I've got the King's Guard behind me. Yeah. And every Sunday I come to them with a new problem. Uh, I was just talking with Pastor John last week um, uh, about uh, about one of my kids. And they're very open. They're very receptive you know, to, to helping each other with their children, with their problems, you know, and it's just, it's, it's a great feeling. The King's guard is, is, is an amazing thing. And, and that's the kind of impact that it's had in, in my life. That's I've seen that impact in the church as well. So Leela and I, uh, on the way back, we're talking, right. And she says, do you remember that, that Sunday that Matt gave his testimony? like yeah i remember she's like she's like the one thing i remember is he's like no one's supposed to cry during a hymnal <laughs> right <laughs> so, like, <laughs> but no i mean it's it's amazing and, and, and so like we tell everybody you know like there's no secret sauce in the king's guard itself right there's no magic pill it's it's literally just well, I mean, we said it. We said it this weekend, right, or this past weekend. You know, it's it's. You just have to do the work, right? It's it's about the dis- building the discipline, and all the King's Guard does is facilitate building that discipline. You know, and I think that's that's really the key. And you just you have to have, like Kelly said, you you have to recognize your need for it, and that's what makes the difference, right? Is when you recognize your need that that's going to propel you to either bury your head in the sand even further or to go take care of that need and fix that need and fill that need. Um, so, um, Matt, you did a lot for, and not that, not that nobody did a lot because I mean, I don't, I think there were more, I didn't do nothing. I didn't do nothing. <laughs> I, didn't do I think there were, I want to say there were more. I saw more black shirts. At least that's what I call them. So you guys see the shirt that Kelly's wearing right now, right? So that was what we gave, or what what they sold to anybody that wanted a T-shirt, right? That came to the conference. But every volunteer had a similar shirt, except instead of gray, it was black, right? I saw more black shirts than I saw anybody else, right? So. And all and and all of them came from your church. All of them are, are, were members of your church. As a pastor, knowing that you know, like just watching. So, John, 
how how was it? Because you said you like I didn't do anything. I know you did. I know that's not true, right? But um, it's pretty close. It's amazing when you you don't have to you don't have to worry about having to do everything. Because most there, there's a lot of churches out there where the pastor literally does everything, and we've talked about that before. Um, where people are like, well, that's that's the responsibility of the pastor and the assistant pastor and the youth pastor and the pastoral staff and men just don't get involved. We're here at, at Leighton Chapel. Now you, you, you kind of almost have the flip side of that now, right? So, so how does that assist you and how does that help you in your ministry knowing that you've got bodies readily available like that? I think one of the things that helped the King's Guard when it was beginning uh, flourish so well is, you know, I'm coming up on uh, a week from now will be two years I've been the pastor. I've been on staff here since 07, but I've been the pastor. And I, I had determined that I was going to try to think a little differently about the church ministries. And instead of me coming up with all kinds of ministry ideas and then running around begging people to do my ideas. I was going to let God work in the hearts of the people. And when they came to me and said, Hey, I have this idea, then I can say, awesome, let's, let's get to work on that. And let's, 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 uh, you know, turn you loose on that. And I think that mindset has really helped the King. So that's, that's what I did with you, Wes, when, when you first mm -hmm. came to me about the men's ministry. Um, so now when I see all those black shirts running around on Friday and Saturday last week, what I saw was a bunch of men who uh, owned their ministry. And this is, I didn't beg them to do anything. They, they were there because they wanted to come and serve. And so they had a heart for it. They saw the value in it. And that's a fruit of, I think, not only just God at work in their lives, that they were willing to come and serve, but because they really believe in what we're doing. Yeah. And you can't, no amount of me hyping up things from the pulpit can replace that. No, I mean they, and every single one of them did a phenomenal job. I mean that. I I I didn't see any hiccups from my point of view. I'm not saying there weren't any, but I didn't see any from where I was sitting, from where you know, and and, and having come in more as a participant this year rather than you know a coordinator or uh, a worker or something of that nature you know i had the benefit of coming in as you know i got to give my testimony and then i got to i got to enjoy the conference right along with with my kid with my boys um it just ran so smoothly even when the weather took a turn there was immediately a plan and and and, and contingencies in place and you we wouldn't have known anything right like if, if there was if there was a problem if there was a, an issue none of us that were parts that were just you know spectators if you will would have caught on at all like it was it was so so smoothly run and so just just a phenomenal job in, in that regard matt you you so one seth isn't with us right now but Seth was kind of the mastermind behind putting it all together, 
Um, and, and I know that he would probably tell you that he, because he's told me several times, he's like, I didn't do anything. He's like, and I know Seth better than that. Right. Um, but between Seth, Bill, um, Matt, and several others, you know, there was this very, very well coordinated effort to, to pull this off. Um, so, Matt, as a guy that was behind the scenes, um, I think you mostly focused on the activities, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. So from your perspective, what, run us through the activities so they kind of kind of understand that. Because, like, you guys had feats of strength, which I'll let you explain that one. You had a shoot house with BB guns, which with the lever action, well done, especially with, with the, the newfound popularity in lever action rifles lately. Um, you had uh, axe throwing. You had wrist rockets, um, archery. And, and so what was – why what why pick those events and what was the purpose behind all of that so i'll i'll say this in in terms of the <clears throat> of the uh the activities uh we sat down and when i say we i, I mean seth and john and bill myself and many other members of the king's guard weeks at a time trying to trying to help put this thing together and figure out the activity side of it because we wanted individuals to get up to get out be interactive. We wanted fathers to be with their sons. We wanted to inspire uh, competitive competition uh, and brotherhood. And and we, we met that goal. That's exactly what we did. We yeah. had a yeah. list of different activities that we wanted to do. Some of them didn't make the list. Football uh, was on the list. Um, and we just felt like it just wasn't the right time for it. Um, so we, we landed on the, the feats of strength, the shoot house, um, archery, uh, slingshots, and uh, and axe throwing because these are these are manly events, uh, but they're also events that inspire brotherhood. They're competitive, and best of all, fathers had the ability to go through with their sons. Yeah. And here's the other thing about the conference too that that we haven't mentioned: some fathers couldn't make it, so the sons yeah. came, and the men there stepped up and took responsibility for those kids, not watching them. You know, but sitting with them, uh, opening the Bible with them, uh, competing with them uh, and, and going alongside them as they did these activities. And, and, and let me also say this, too. You know, we talk about behind the scenes stuff and all the black shirts. I want to bring special attention to the kids who were volunteering. It wasn't just adults. We had kids yeah. who were volunteering, doing their own ministry there behind the scenes, working with Bill, helping get the table set up. You know, I mean, when when kids could have spent their Saturday doing playing with their friends or, or being out or, you know, doing whatever they were there in the church, they were there in the church and, and, and they were a part of that. So I'll, I'll, I'll just toss that out there. Um, and that's all because of the King's guard, the, um, the feats of strength, you know, was the first event that most people came to it. And this was, uh, this was a, um, a natural obstacle course, if you will, so to speak, uh, everything was, was, you know, what we pulled, we pulled a log out of the, out of the woods and, and set it down in the most uneven of places. Um, it started, it starts off narrow and then it gets wider. You know, we try to make it as challenging as possible, yeah. you know, and then of course the dew set in overnight. So now it's slippery. You're watching guys go across this thing and they're, they're slipping and sliding back and forth. Um, you know, we had the, um, we had knife throwing, 
and in the in the feats of strength. We had uh, <laughs> cinder block carries. We added push-ups and lunges, uh, log carries. You know, carrying logs yeah. from point A to point B. I mean, this this event was just meant to just drain you. But ultimately, what we saw was individuals in the background waiting their turn, cheering on. You know, uh, rooting for the other individual. Even some of the military people who were there, you kind of saw that military side of them come out, that drill sergeant side, you know, uh, come out when they're doing the push-ups. All you could hear was zero, zero, yeah. zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was it was just a great um, spiritually team building um, uh, activity. Yeah. And and brother Roland, he headed that one up. He came up with a way to score it and keep time, and 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 he did a great job. The uh, the shoot house, um, the shoot house was done with BBs. Um, it was uh, we gathered as many BB guns as we could. We put up a bunch of balloons, um, and and the kids got a chance to go through and shoot. Many of them never shooting a BB gun before. This was their first chance, uh, and and watching the fathers go through with them, helping their sons, you know, cock that lever action BB gun because if, if you know the Red Rider BB guns, you got to have some muscle behind it. Um, and it was, it was just really inspiring watching the fathers go through with their sons, uh, as they engaged all those different balloons inside the shoot house, then paint cans outside. It it was, it was a great thing. Um, Kelly, uh, Kelly headed up the ax throwing. I mean, he stood out there for, uh, with, with him and his son. I, I can't tell you how long beforehand practicing. You know, just so that he could he could demonstrate it. He came up with a way to score it and 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 a way to make it fair for both the adults and the children. Um, and most importantly, keeping it safe, too, you know, because when you mm-hmm. go and retrieve those axes, the ones that are stuck in there may come, you know, falling down. And, and, and you know, Kelly did a great job keeping everyone safe, but, you know, um, giving them the ability to throw. I mean, how many how many times can a man say, yeah, I've thrown an axe, you know, mm-hmm. um, so. Kelly did a great job with that one. The uh, the wrist rockets. Many of the kids had never shot wrist rockets before, uh, yeah. but once again, the volunteers went through with them. Fathers went through with them. Um, men, their friends went through with them, and because it was all for time, it was very sporting. Uh, the kids loved it, and uh, finally, the archery. You know, um, Joe. Joe headed up the uh, the archery last minute. One of our volunteers got sick, and and this just kind of goes to Joe. Joe was actually meant just to attend the conference. He he wasn't meant to actually volunteer. And I remember the that Friday. Um, no, I'm sorry, it was that Saturday. That Saturday morning before the activities, I came to Joe and I said, Joe, I said I hate to do this. I said I need your help. One of our volunteers has called in sick. He's supposed to be heading up the archery. I said, here's everything you need. I said, can you handle this? And he said, I would love to. He said, I, I, I would absolutely love yeah. to, to, to be a part in this. And, and that was just a, an incredible feeling, um, you know, that we had individuals in the church at the drop of a hat, seeing a, a chance to, to interact, be spiritual, and, and they jumped at it. And, I mean, the activities was a big success. We got rained out a little bit, but – Everyone still had a great time, um, so yeah, those 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 activities. We'll, we'll definitely be incorporating uh, activities in the next conference. Um, yeah. we may switch it up a little bit, but 
Yeah, it, it, so it, I, was, it was. Yeah, I really think that it met the intent and purpose. Um, Kelly, you could probably speak more to that because, so like, well, I mean, I got to like my son. Ziggy's never he's never done the wrist rockets. I got an opportunity to, to work with him on that. The one that surprised me was Dr. Herbster. Never, <laughs> never once in 72 years ever shot a slingshot or, or used a slingshot before in his life until the conference, right? Um, so and then I think you said, Kelly, that he had never thrown an axe before. That is correct. Right. So um but yeah, I think it definitely met the intent of, of getting those father-son interactions, right? Because I know that I, I, I had many opportunities uh, to do that with my sons. Kelly, for you, you you didn't move around like everybody else. You were pretty much there sitting at the axe throwing station, but you got to sit there with Caden for quite a bit. Um, how was that? in terms of building building a bond and you know developing that home, well maybe refining or 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 cultivating that relationship with your son in that event at that time how how was that for you from a father's perspective yeah so um i uh <clears throat> so I'll, you know obviously i i had asked Caden to to help me because you know as you know, we ran four lanes. Uh, I wouldn't run, let kids run with adults because the their scenario was different on their distance and throws, and I wanted to keep everything safe. And you know, he. Um, but you know, as it started to slow down toward the end of the event, I was like, "Well, son, you can, you know, if you want to run, do some of these events, you can." But you know, he chose to stay there and throw axes with me, which really meant a lot to me because you know, to, whenever there was nobody there, we'd just stand there and throw axes together. And, you know, we'd have a little father son competition and talk, but. You know, um, and a lot of people at Kings Garden around the church know this about me. Is you know, I have a, I have a tendency. I, I don't want to say to, well, I will say, it, neglect my time with my son uh, because I'm trying to do so much for so many other people and and this, that, and the other. And it was about time for him to see me put him as a priority and spend time with him and and stuff of that nature. <clears throat> and it was great, you know, as we got to sit there and we just got to talk because. Uh, communication is not a strong suit, uh, probably for myself or or Caden. You know, I usually get one one word, two word answers, but you know, we really uh, we really started talking and enjoying everybody who was coming through and enjoying their conversation. And throughout the conference, you know, you could see uh, Brother John had my kid at at the table, I believe, at the at the at the you know the breakout groups or whatever, and. Uh, you know, he was he told me how interactive he was and stuff like that, which means that, you know, if a kid's in, if a kid is interactive, that means they're learning because they're listening. Uh, it's whenever they're sitting there with that, you know, look on their face that you, you got to wonder if transmission is being received. So I was really thankful for the time uh, and just the opportunity to sit there and throw axes, my boy, um, you know, yeah. and, and learn how to make them stick. It was great. So, John, from your perspective, watching all of that throughout the activities and then just just the, the conference as a whole, what do you think was the defining moment of or what was what do you think was made the conference a success more than anything? Um, I this may not be an exact answer to your question, but I think one of the, the moments that really 
brought everything together. Uh, Dr. Herbster's messages were perfect. They were right, spot on. That he was he was he was laying blocks, and every message built yeah. on the previous one. Um, and then after that third, or no, after the second session, um, when we got rained out the second activity about halfway through, we came in and we did our discussion tables. And I think that's the moment, the, the men that we had there, to their credit, even our guests that, that were from other churches, were very willing to share. They were very willing to participate in the discussion. So we were asking questions about uh, there was a table for marriage. There was a table for uh, father-son relationships. There was a table for your spiritual disciplines, doing your devotions, things like that. There's there's five tables. And having those men have guided conversations about the very things that we were talking about uh, and letting them share. It's one thing to sit and listen to preaching, and, and obviously the Lord uses that and it stirs your heart. But then you get to sit on a, you know, around a table and talk to other men about those things, where you struggle, where you've had victory. I think that for in the conference was a little snapshot of what our roundtables are like. And so yeah. the men got to see, kind of see that in action, the dynamic there. So I don't know that that was necessarily the, the defining moment, but I think that that made the whole conference unique in that regard is they got some, we got some instant feedback from, from yeah. the men that were listening. Yeah, I think it. I think that made the conference probably more unique than any other men's conference I've been to. Right, I've been to a few, and it's you. You may have breakout sessions where there's a panel that you ask questions to, but it's them giving you answers. Rarely do you have the opportunity to sit men in a, a, at a table and have a real discussion uh, regarding those topics. Where I'm not just we're not just asking four or five guys to, to give us their opinion, but we're, we're all interjecting. We're sharing struggles and whatnot. And I think that that made it very unique. I had the opportunity. So like I, I led the table uh, mentoring and discipling other men. Right. And so uh, I had a few guys, one, I had Dr. Dean Roland Napoleon from the code of man podcast. Uh, so if you, if you know, uh, we've had Mike Barnett on the show before he's one of the hosts there, but uh, Dr. Dean, he, he, not a real doctor, by the way, guys. Okay, so calm down. But uh, no, it, it was it was a really good conversation, and it was you know the input that he had. You know, it was just it it, it connected with me, and it, it got me thinking, and it it, it allowed it, it's it's that iron sharpening iron. That's how it's done, right? So we talk about iron sharpening iron. And, and a lot of churches do, but it's like they 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 don't really understand how it's done. And I, I think that that the conference this year really did a great job through the the discussion tables uh, of, of allowing men the opportunity to sharpen each other up a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, and and do it in a real, genuine, practical way. That was that was, and so for me, I I would agree with you that I think that was one of the one of those moments that was just like, hey, man, this. This this knocked it out of the park. I mean, because we can talk about the food, we can talk about the activities, uh, and even the preaching, and all of that is was great. But that really got men to engage, um, not just with their sons, but that got men to engage with each other. Um, I got really nervous though when my son ran over to the the table with John, 
Because with Ziggy, you never know what Ziggy's going to say. <laughs> Ever. Right? He's my feral child. So, um, but no, I, I, gentlemen, I, I, it's amazing to me how you did so much with so little. Right? And I, I think a lot of people, oftentimes, they, they think they have to have all of these things. Um, I hear it all the time. You know, we're a small church. What can we do? Well, when you let God work, you can do a lot, you know. And I, I think that we, we, a lot of people in a lot of churches limit themselves and put God in a box. And one thing that, that that's not something that I saw happen there this weekend at Leighton Chapel for this conference. So what I would say is, John, we know the dates for next year, right? Mm-hmm. So we're yeah. looking at April 26th through the 27th uh for next year so this is the beginning of us putting it out there and letting everybody know mark your calendars down we're, we're trying we want to build on what we're doing here and uh and we want to build each and every year uh so if you didn't get to come this year we're, we're telling you now mark your calendar down uh for april 26th and 27th we'll have more information to come on this uh throughout the year as we get more planning done as we, we, we book speakers, book musical guests and things of that nature, uh, because we want to share what God has been doing through the King's Guard, not just at Leighton Chapel and Lawton Street Baptist Churches, uh, but what God can do at your church and what God can do through your men um, and your community. So, um, gentlemen, thank you for joining me uh, on this episode. Uh, great discussion, uh, uh, great insight, and I appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day. Uh, to join me. So thank you very much. Thank you. But as for next week, or not next week, next month, we'll be back to our normal schedule. I'll have Cole with me. We'll be going right back into our discussion about our identity in Christ and what that means. Um, So join with us next month, same time, uh, same channel. You know where to find us. Um, But until then, guys, remember, there's a king who loves you. And he wants to see you reach your greatest potential. And he's offering anybody willing to put on, pick up and put on their battle armor a place in the King's Guard. <laughs>